Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Smart Bridge Podcast, Transform IT. I'm Zach, the Transform IT Podcast producer, and your host for this episode, uh, this unique episode. Uh, co-hosting along Slimy today is Smart Bridge Marketing Director Brooke Brown, who actually joined us in episode 16, uh, season two of last year. Uh, so today we're excited to remotely host Tyler Colby, who is a uh, data infrastructure director at Natural Resources Defense Council, or the NRDC for short. Uh, currently, he is spearheading a Salesforce community COVID-19 sprint, which has already attracted a lot of buzz uh, and attention during the global COVID-19 crisis. So given that, Tyler, uh, why don't you kick us off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more about the charge that you are leading here. Uh, very excited to be here. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, I started working with Salesforce um, in a very typical you know, Salesforce journey um, about sales 15 years ago um, as an accidental admin. You'll hear that thrown out all across uh, the Salesforce ecosystem, the accidental admin phenomenon. Um, really, I had a manager at the time who said, you know computers, can you help us set up Salesforce? Um, and that's how my journey began. Um, along the way, I found that if we turn the power of Salesforce to uh, nonprofits and start to look at their programs, systematize their programs, and put that into Salesforce, we could have the same type of growth that um, I had seen on the for-profit side, um, and a, you know that easy expansion, that you know easy customization, um, and we could transform nonprofit institutions. So I spent a good bulk of my career doing a lot of independent consulting, a lot of pro bono consulting on the side. Um, at one point, I was uh, supporting 10 organizations by myself, um, just doing pro bono consulting. And, you know, if they needed uh, Salesforce assistance or even things like, you know, standing up Google or, uh, you know, for their whole organization or putting a website together. So spent a lot of time working with a number of different nonprofits. Um, about three, four years ago, um, I started working with a group called Cloud for Good, which is one of the largest nonprofit um, Salesforce consultancies in the United States um, and a fantastic organization. And when I was there, I got to touch a number of non-different or a number of different nonprofits. Um, specifically, um, got to work with. I know uh, we were talking about the Houston area um, in our preparation for this call. Um, got to work with the Houston Food Bank right after Hurricane Harvey. I got to work with the Food Bank of New York City right after Hurricane Sandy. And in each of those instances, it was you know shocking to me to see what technology allowed as far as a transformation of their business and allowing these organizations to scale and scale quickly to meet the demands of you know emergency in a crisis situation so um in houston's food banks instance for example we were able to go from you know really a centralized model where they were shipping out of a single warehouse into remote distribution centers it allowed them to go 5x on their production uh, because they needed to fill that you know increased demand during that time and it was me and just a couple other consultants that were leading that charge now that was done over a few months um, at that time, and it was a very large implementation. Um, but that kind of thinking, and I've seen that thinking all the way from, you know, larger organizations like the Houston Food Bank that are putting out, you know, millions of pounds of food per year. Um, but I've seen that all the way down to single, you know, one, two, 
three, four, five person nonprofits um, where a little bit of technology help can really come in and make a big difference. And, you know, we'll touch into kind of the initiative that we're leading into, but that was a lot of the thinking that went into making a rallying cry for the community. Um, So bringing people in and, you know, saying that message, like saying, hey, technologists, uh, Salesforce professionals, turn your eye from, you know, this for-profit work and in your nights and weekends, look to your local community. Um, Turn that focus around and see where can we help. Um, We've asked a lot of different segments of our population during this crisis to really step up. And I'm saying, hey, technologists, we're not alone. Um, So let's turn that focus around. Right. And, uh, you know, you you had mentioned uh, now and in our previous call how COVID-19 and the global crisis that it's causing right now, uh, it's definitely not the first time that you have uh, led a charge in the technology space. How have you, based on your experience, how have you seen technology and innovation and the power of consultants forward thinking? How have you seen that come through and uh, be a silver lining more or less, in the midst of a crisis? And where do you see that going right now with COVID-19? Very good questions. Um, So in my past, I mentioned the Houston Food Bank, and I think that that's such a very typical example of what we see um, in the nonprofit space on so many levels, where an organization is hit by a crisis, in this case, you know, an unprecedented crisis, um, I think they were calling uh, Hurricane Harvey the literal perfect storm. Um, people that follow uh, followed that hurricane know that it really just parked right on top of Houston and was just a devastating force. And just thousands and thousands of people that were just immediately in need of additional food and the additional assistance that the Houston Food Bank provided. Um, so really, you know, we had to build the plane while it wasn't only flying, you know, it was flying at, you know, light speed. Um, It was all hands on deck. um, And a lot of times, even doing the business analysis, um, to just make sure we understood what initiative are you trying to do so that we can systematize it, um, was an emergency meeting wrangled in between, you know, trying to get a whole new shipment loaded or unloaded. Um, So it's just all hands on deck and it was not the right way to do this. And even as we look to COVID-19 and the response that we're looking to build um, and the response we're looking to, we will inevitably be looking at building the plane as it's flying. Um, We're already at that point as we record today. Um, You know, we're nearing the end of April or excuse me, nearing April here, nearing the end of March. Um, You know, we've already seen large impacts. We've already seen spikes in demand for these community facing organizations. So a lot of it will be coming in and saying, what help do you need today? Is there help that I can provide? And in, and that's going to run the scale. So it's going to be, you know, some small organizations, um, sometimes just standing up an e-commerce website for a community food bank. I know my parents have spent most of their lives uh, volunteering at a small church uh, food bank. They're able to, you know, if we're able to come in with a simple e-commerce front end, put a few options in there. So, you know, hey, I need new bread this week. I need these specific supplies. They would be able to fulfill those orders for the elderly population that they serve so that they would never have to come in. It wouldn't need to be a full featured e-commerce website. 
um, it would just need to have some standard options. So we may not even need to do like inventory tracking and things like that. It could just be a few simple options um, with a free card at the end, allow people to self-service and then people could deliver to their home. Um, if we scale, if we scale that up, um, there's a lot of other options that would happen too. Um, I know looking at my local area, I'm uh, based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, I've already started to talk with the food banks around um, because that is um, an area of passion and it's a, you know an area that I've worked in before. So I'm somewhat familiar with what the needs are with food banks. But you know, as we look at medium to large food banks, their needs are completely different. Um, so if we look at a Salesforce product, it may be something like a community portal. So people can start to have a discussion and have that one-to-one -one connection with the constituents that they serve. So they can talk directly with people at the food bank, get those orders fulfilled and see what is the need within the community? What aren't we stocking currently? Um, what's running short? What can we you know, get out to people today? What's an urgent need? Um, that's going to be more customized and it's going to take more professionals. So as we talk about, you know, rallying troops into it, that's what I'm, uh, that's what we've been really trying to build um, is a community of uh, deep Salesforce experts that can come in and tackle those more meaty challenges. And I'm really excited that uh, next Tuesday, um, so as we record next Tuesday, which is March uh, 31st, I believe, looking at my calendar, yes, March uh, 31st. Um, there is going to be the first uh, virtual sprint uh, held by the salesforce.org team. Um, oh, we're going to try it. Yeah. Um, and these virtual sprints are, or so the community sprints are fantastic, but this will be the first virtual one. Um, and it'll be a bunch of people coming in to tackle very deep challenges. Um, I'll be within that group and leading the food bank initiative. Um, so really getting a team together to say, how do we do business analysis when they're already running at a million miles an hour? What business analysis do we need to do? Who do we need to measure? And what can we draw off of that so that in subsequent sprints, we can start to tackle some of those issues? So again, it runs the range. And I don't want people to anchor on, you know, really the hard issues. I want people to think, what's the scale of issues that I can solve with the toolkits that I've been developing over my technology career? Um, so again, whether that's, an e-commerce front end, whether it's taking an afternoon to sit down with the business and talk them through how to use Zoom and set that up for their business and allow business continuity. There's a lot of tools that we just take for granted because we use them on a daily basis that can absolutely transform, you know, medium size, large size, but even those small size nonprofits. And those are going to be the ones most hit by this crisis. Right. So what, what have you seen so far in the, uh, I, I believe it was, uh, I want to say March the, the 14th or March the 15th, whenever you initially called the, the uh, COVID-19 sprint. What have you seen so far from the Salesforce community? What have you seen? Uh, what kind of reactions have you seen? What kind of progress? What kind of successes have you seen come out of that so far? Great question. Um, and it's kind of, it's been all over the place. Um, so there's, um, you know, as, when we talk reactions, um, you know, if we think back to March 15th already, uh, the world was already just such a different place. Um, I don't think we had a single stay-at-home order in the United States. Um, I think we are still in just the four-digit counts um, of people that were, um, you know, tested positive. We were seeing, you know, very little shutdown, and there's a lot of still just skepticism about it. So, um, you know, when it first started, 
Um, the first night that it went up, only two of my closest contacts joined. Um, and it was really right over that weekend when a lot of the news started to break throughout the United States. Um, so we went from um, three people total um, at the end of the first day. Um, I think we we're at 26 the next day. So it started to pick up. And then um, with by the end of that first week, we were well over 200. Um, so I think, you know, we're still hovering right around that 200 mark, um, which is where we'd kind of like to keep this core inner group as we stand up our services, get things like case intake finished, and make sure that they're routed to the correct individuals. So right now we're working on a skill-based assessment so that we can make sure to route these cases to appropriate teams. Again, we want to make sure that, you know, even though we do need to build the plane while it's flying, we need to make sure that it's being built by people that can actually build it. Um, so matching people with enterprise level skills to the enterprise organizations, if there are projects that we can take on in this meantime. Um, I want to say as well, we don't want to undercut or take away work from the number of consultancies that are focused on this already. Um, so there's, you know, I mentioned my previous experience before when I was a consultant at a nonprofit focused agency, we don't want them to take a large hit as well because the work they do is important. And those are fantastic individuals that, you know, are going to still need organizations coming in. So we're trying to walk that fine line of, is there something that's an immediate impact that this community can take, um, can do a professional job and deploy that at, a, you know, no charge to these nonprofits? Um, or is this something that's best served, um, you know, as a longer term project? Um, and we can put out to those consultancies as well. So there's a couple things that we're just working out on the organizational side as we get stood up. But again, we do have that first sprint uh, being um, hosted by the Salesforce nonprofit team um, at salesforce.org. Okay, and actually to that, Tyler, so you were you ex exactly the point of, you know, you don't want to, you're not asking for someone to build a mountain overnight and do their full-time job. But uh, considering the circumstances we're in, so backing up a little bit, SmartBridge, you know, is a Salesforce partner and we provide support and maintenance and managed services to the enterprise scale businesses of the world. And as companies are executing these stopgap procedures, such as furloughing or reductions in force, what would be your expectation for consultancies such as ours that do have those people on staff that may have some newfound freedom on their, you know, free time on their hands and, uh, you know, need to still stay in the game so that when they, you know, when they can bounce back or, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have something. I imagine that this could be something amazing to add on a resume that would look so appealing because more and more the hours go by, the days go by. There's more people probably listening to this podcast right now that just got furloughed or laid off. So I also see this as a personal, you know, it, accomplishment that you could, you could add to your portfolio. I completely agree. Um, and I agree on so many levels. Um, so first, I, I have mentored people into the Salesforce space um, and continue to do so. I'm actively working with a mentor right now um, or mentee right now and walking them through how do I go and break, how do I break into the Salesforce world essentially? And, you know, I see Trailhead, I see, um, you know, all of these learning materials. And I, I heard at one point the, some of all Salesforce training materials is greater than the combined work of Shakespeare, if you add up all the pages in word count. Like, it is just 
unfathomable to sit down and actually learn everything about Salesforce and people get very overwhelmed. And one of the best things to really draw out that practical experience is volunteering. And, you know, kind of going back to it does, you don't need to always build a mountain. We've had, I've had organizations contact me because I have been in this nonprofit space for so long. They're just looking for simple things like, hey, if we have this process builder stood up and working, it's going to allow us to do this, this, and this. Do you have somebody that can come in and take a look? Like little things like that and those little volunteer opportunities allow you to say, oh, I now can take my textbook learning and turn that into real practical experience. Um, so a lot of those skills, and Salesforce isn't the only one. I know I gave a Salesforce-specific example there, but adding that nonprofit, uh, you know, those nonprofit skills to your resume does nothing but help you. And it help, does nothing but help you not only from a visibility standpoint and, you know, you're building your resume long-term um, or building up your consultancy long-term and building up who, you know, your list of connections. Um, but it also helps on your just technical skills. You Having more exposure to these technologies, having more practical hands-on experience about, hey, I know how this works now because I've seen it in 15 different ways. Um, and all these different organizations, that helps you be a true consultant. And you can then say, okay, these are options that we have on the table, and I know how to practically implement it as well. It's a very powerful skill set and a very powerful message to bring um, to consultancy, to an individual's resume, whatever it may be. I really like that. I like the, um, I, I, like, you know, I, I know that the conversation and uh, the, the specific sprint has been more or less uh, not not really geared towards Salesforce, but it has been Salesforce heavy. But I do like how you how you say that it's not it's not um, strictly Salesforce is not the the main driver here. Uh, that being said, though, I am curious uh, what qualities do you think uh, if we could get specific on Salesforce here just for a minute? Yeah. What what the, with the Salesforce technology? What what qualities? Uh, does that have that can especially make that platform useful during uh, not only this crisis, but how it's infecting the economy and how it can be useful in the midst of an economic downturn? Just speaking for a minute specifically to Salesforce. Absolutely. Um, I think Salesforce has done a number of things specifically for nonprofits um, that make it a really attractive uh, path to go for a lot of small nonprofits, especially. Um, first off, um, they were the first to implement the 111 model, where 1% of their employees' time, 1% of their revenue, and 1% of, I believe it's their licenses is the final one. Um, and we can look up the 111 as far as it applies to Salesforce. Um, but they were the first to implement that. And Mark Benioff has you know, done a fantastic job really sticking to you know, putting nonprofits um, front and center on the platform from the very beginning. So he really recognized that, hey, these community organizations are important. Uh, this is an important initiative. And we want to make sure that we're not just building technology just to make money. Um, you know, I think we see a lot of technology companies, especially in the past, that have done that, um, that we're really doing this you know, and still thinking about what is the impact of local communities. Um, as you know, we broaden that out and we start to look at the actual technology that they've built. Um, I'll speak to my current role at the NRDC. Um, and one of the things that we're seeing across the country, even right now, is just 
um, you know, I just got stay at home orders this morning at 8am. And I know that they're going across the country. And one of the first initiatives and one of the first things we looked at was saying, are we mobile ready? You know, now that people are working from their home, if they don't have their laptop that they brought home, are they able to work from their phone? And even something as simple as saying, this technology doesn't have to have a desktop connection where you're logged in, um, that you're able to, you know, access full featured pages right from your phone with minimal configuration on the admin side. That's something that, again, it may not sound like magic in today's world sitting here in 2020, um, but not every platform does that. There's so many platforms that are not mobile ready, are very difficult to stand up. And as you start to think of the use cases that surround that, you know, again, we can go back to um, the e-commerce model before, right? Like having your whole CRM there, so all your constituents are there, so all the people you serve are right inside of Salesforce. You have their name, address, and phone number. And again, say it's a very small food bank. You know where to deliver that food then, what preferences they have, what allergies um, can all be set up there. Like these are very simple apps to create that any, you know, any admin that spent even a few years working on Salesforce could stand up in probably a weekend, um, do a very simple model, go on, train uh, that organization and have them mobile ready right away, have them secure right away and have everything right at their fingertips. So, you know, it's all those small transformations that Salesforce makes very simple so that simple declarative admin platform that they've built um, really allows just all of these really fantastic things to happen. Where if we wind the clock back 10 or even 20, you know, 20 years, especially, but, you know, if we go back 10 years, a lot of this was not available. So if we really start to think, you know, pro technology and what can technology do to enable us in this time, the uh, combinations are vast. Um I've been working with my partner and her organization, um, and uh, she works. uh, She's a professional ballet ballet teacher, and working here in the Milwaukee community, and working with them to start to look at: Hey, can we do video lessons during this time? You know, we can. You know, no longer congregate to have everybody in the same place to do a class. Can we start to do Zoom classes at home? Again, we don't need to always think, you know, I know this was supposed to be a Salesforce specific answer, but, you know, (laughs) again, using that that toolkit, but yeah, Salesforce in specific, um, you know, just it has a lot of options. And just because it makes it so easy to do a lot of these things and because the community is so vast, um, it's very easy to deploy these things at large scale very quickly. Okay, so I think that you did a fabulous job convincing people that have skill sets to donate them to uh, this nonprofit world in this during this time, and they'll benefit personally and professionally. Uh, can you talk a little bit about if you are representing a nonprofit or you have a friend or like in my case, I, I love how you talked about the Houston Food Bank so much, us being here and witnessing everything they've been through over the years. Um, I myself, having also come from a nonprofit world for a while, have friends and reached out to them. And now I believe a the CMO of a Jewish community center in Houston, a very large uh, center that just upgraded Salesforce is desperately seeking help. So how who would you look for to try to find these matches and what kind of um, effort, how should they try to connect with you guys? 
Absolutely. Um, so I'll answer that in two parts. So I'll answer, you know, how we're dealing with that inside of the community that uh, we're building right now and um, some of the things that we're thinking through, um, but also how an individual can do that. So um, on the um, on the community that we're putting together right now, and, you know, again, we're building this so that we can do sprints around these things. So we can congregate some of the best minds um, in Salesforce around very difficult issues. Um, so we're really reaching out to our user group leaders uh, within here. So Salesforce has built for years uh, these communities, uh, community user groups, and they range from like admin user groups, um, nonprofit user groups, developer user groups. They're all over the entire world and geographically placed in communities, and they have their feet on the ground. Um, so we're really looking to say, user group leaders, what organizations do you know that needs critical help today? Um, because again, food banks is where my passion is, but this crisis is touching so many organizations. I've also worked with homeless shelters. I've worked with you know different uh, social services organizations. And there's going to be healthcare organizations that are impacted by this that my expertise does not lie in. Um, but we already have people you know starting to focus there as well. Um, and just making sure that we're looking at the broad scope of issues and then escalating those difficult issues and then putting them into a sprint format for our community. So really tapping our user group leaders on the shoulder and saying, hey, who do you know that needs difficult issues solved? Let's move those up to the hub. Um, but on an individual level, it's really just turning your eyes back to the community. And you know, there's a lot of the things that it can be posted online uh, within local communities. But it's going to vary. Um, sometimes it's just reaching out to your network and saying, hey, do you know anybody that needs help um, at XYZ organization? So you're based in Houston. You know, it's not just the Houston Food Bank that's going to need help. There's a, many, many organizations within Houston that are going to serve the local community. It could even be something you're passionate about. So I was talking with uh, one of my old colleagues the other day who has spent most of her career uh, working in the same vertical, so the same nonprofit vertical. And she's very passionate about animals and very concerned about the impact that COVID-19 is going to have on placement of animals into homes. So, you know, working with organizations like ASPCA or your local shelter to say, hey, is there something that we could help out with? I know this is a crisis time. Um, you know, again, look to do it pro bono if you can. Um, you know, I, I just urge people, hey, give back at this time, um, think of what we can do to impact, but turn your focus to what you're passionate about as well and give your nights, give your weekends. Um, we're all in isolation and we're gonna run out of things to do. We're gonna clear out a Netflix queues very soon. Um, instead of just you know watching the next thing that comes on, say, hey, what can I do? Um, reach out and just offer that help and just ask, um, just be present for these um, organizations because they need help. All right. Well, Tyler, uh, it has been a pleasure talking to you. The passion is definitely contagious here uh, with the COVID-19 sprint. And I had one last question for you to kind of summarize uh, overall generally. In this massive call to arms uh, and for the, for the uh, plan of action and for the initiative that we are calling the Salesforce community and really the, the, uh, the, the technology community in general, uh, what is the biggest takeaway that you want our listeners to receive from the message that you conveyed today? Um, 
I'm going to give two takeaways real quick, and I know that's cheating. Um, so the first takeaway <laughs> is um, that this does not have to be complicated, and you have the skills already. Um, again, I think a lot of times us technology workers really take for granted how easy things are to us and how difficult and magical things may seem to people that aren't familiar and aren't working on these technology platforms on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so sometimes it's as easy as setting up a free Slack channel and spending some time you know, teaching people how to use Slack so that they can continue to chat while they're at home. Um, keeping organizations going, especially organizations that are also under these stay-at-home orders, are going to be critically important. And just making sure that you know, they have, you know, that ability to communicate with each other. So don't shoot for the moon all the time. Um, and just make sure that, you know, you turn that focus outwards. So, um, and really turning that focus outwards is that second side of it. So, you know, don't overcomplicate things and reach out to your community. So, you know, we you can join us, come join us at uh, techworkertaskforce.org. I know it's a long URL, but tech worker, uh, not plural, taskforce.org. Uh, there's a link to our Slack group. Um, you can come join and see, you know, how we're operationalizing and how we'll tackle the big issues. But don't let joining be a barrier to just turn around in this time. So um, there's going to be a lot of need as we go through the next weeks and months, um, especially not even looking at just the virus, but looking at the market crash as well. The first thing that gets hit is the nonprofit uh, funding. So making sure that these organizations that uh, do fill those critical infrastructure needs within our society are filled. Um, a lot of things, again, can be filled by those simple, easy gaps. So just, you know, take those nights, take those weekends, turn the focus out to your community. And, you know, mass action is really is what's going to need to be done here. Um, and that's all I would have to say. All right. All right, Tyler. Well, hey, I will say this on behalf of Brooke and myself and all of Smart Bridge, it has been a uh, pleasure talking with you and just hearing about the the uh, COVID-19 sprint that you are initiating. Again, we are actually all speaking remote due to the global crisis, and uh, we hope our listeners are staying safe and staying as engaged as possible and as unaffected as possible during the crisis. Uh, so again, this was Tyler Colby, uh, along with Brooke and myself. Uh, thank you for joining us and listening to another episode of the Transform IT Podcast. If you did like what you hear, give us a like and share wherever you found us. And if you want more information on our podcast or more episodes like this, visit smartbridge.com slash podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you to everyone.